Are you looking for new books to read? Do you like finding a new special author? Are you tired of the same old books from the same old authors? Well then, welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where you can hear from fantastic new authors. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have worked hard to write great new books. Hear about their book and why you should check it out. So sit back and listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. All right, so Happy New Year. It is now 2023. Uh, We made it through the holidays. I hate saying we made it. I love the holidays. I had a great holiday. Uh, But now I'm on to one of my favorite times of the year, Star Wars Month. Uh, To help me get over the doldrums after a great holiday, I created for myself Star Wars Month. So I will immerse myself in a lot of movies, in video games, in board games, in books, in comics, and music. I've been listening to the soundtrack. So Everybody, welcome to 2023, and if you like, welcome to Star Wars Month. But uh, this week, uh, this episode, it's a fun one. I talked to Joanna. She uh, has some books that we discussed, but we also had a great idea, and hopefully we'll talk to her at the end of this year about that idea and see if it came to fruition. So check it out and um, see what you think. Uh, I have uh, some books getting so close to coming out. I'm working on book two of Town Magician. And it's flowing really, really quickly. I'm getting lots of words in every day. I wrote a good Christmas story over the holidays that people seem to enjoy. And I'm going to, it's part of a series, the Oddish Quester series, which I've started releasing the young Oddish Questers. And I have four-ish, five-ish books that are kind of going. They're from stories I wrote for the kids in past years. So that's something I'm going to push a little bit more this year. So I hope to get two Town Magician books out and get the Oddish Questers going. But I still have my Martin and James stuff, the the alternate history British super spies. Um, So I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm just focusing on the marketing for book one of Town Magician, getting book two done, rewritten (laughs) um, with some new things. And hopefully I'll have that out pretty soon. So that's where my year is starting out very well. And I am just listening to some music. So here's Joanna. Today on Discovered Wordsmiths, I want to welcome Joanna. Joanna, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we're, we're getting some snow, so <laughs> I may be out shoveling a little later. Right. Hopefully not in the middle of the podcast. That'd be an no. interesting. <laughs> we were talking a little bit before we got started. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, where you live, and some of the things you like to do besides writing? Okay. I live on Vancouver Island. So for the your American audience, if you think of Seattle and I we've actually we've <laughs> I'm thinking of snow. We have been to Disneyland and I just remember now when we were it was around Christmas time. I am totally going off on a tangent here. Go but, for it. Okay. I love it. So I remember we were driving back home, going through Oregon. And there was this snowstorm and uh, we made it through. We have a little Honda element, but anyways, (laughs) back on track. So if you go north to Seattle, to Vancouver, there is a ferry you can hop on and that takes you to Vancouver Island. And it's the biggest island on the West coast. Okay. Okay. 
That's where I'm coming from. You, you keep saying Vancouver Island, and all I can picture right now is Christmas Island. I just, it's like somebody needs to make the whole island Christmas Island. That's where everybody's destination for December. It sounds like a tourist thing to me. After uh, the pandemic, everyone was coming to our island, and I thought, this island's going to sink. Like, all of you guys go home, <laughs> right? <laughs> There's other parts of Canada to, to visit. But, anyways, I was born and raised on Vancouver Island. I'm called a an island girl, okay? And yeah, I've worked in the prosecutor's office and actually the office of the police complaint commissioner, which deals with complaints. We have municipal police force. So we do have the RCMP, which everyone identifies with the red surge and all of that, but we also <laughs> have yeah. But we also have municipal police departments too. And uh, so if anyone had a complaint with regards to the municipal police departments, that would come to the office of the police complaint commissioner. Okay. And uh, I've just drawn upon my experience working in the prosecutor's office as a legal assistant and police complaint commissioner's office and writing my novels and my thriller novels. So that's what I like to do. And if I'm not writing, I like jogging. And I seriously, like this time of year, I am binging baking channels, baking shows. Yeah. <laughs> so you should write cozy mystery based on like chefs and baking, that, that type of thing. It sounds. I tell you, I live in a small town now and there have been a number of storylines that have popped into my head. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So why did you want to start writing? What made you want to get down to it and write? Well. Believe it or not, as a kid, I did despise reading. I found it very difficult. I was not the child that was like in group A. I was in group B. And uh, the thought of reading out loud, just I, I stumbled a lot over my words. And we used to have these books. They're called Rupert. And I believe they're a UK book. And you had the choice because there were illustrations and just little one-line sentences underneath each picture, or there were the big two paragraphs at the bottom of the page. And my mom would like literally say, I had to read 30 minutes before I went to school. So I would try to always read the little one-line sentences, and then she caught on what I was doing because parents, they do that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she was like, no, the two paragraphs. So. It was my sister who got me hooked on the Bobsy Twins, which is, it's another UK publication with. We're, we're yeah. dating ourselves talking about oh. these things because the 20 year olds are going, what are you guys talking about? I'm sure. And it was all action. It was all action. And the Hardy Boys. I read the Hardy Boys. It was all that type of action and adventure. And once I got hooked, literally, it was like that one story. Once I got hooked that you could read about action and adventure. Then I wanted to read, and then I wanted to write my own stories. So I was writing stories, I'd say, from grade 7 to about grade 12. Yeah. Nice. So nice. Yeah, I've always liked creating stories. So you've kept writing throughout your life, or you put it off, or are you, have you been publishing all this time? Or how's that? What's that journey been like? I became an adult. <laughs> <laughs> That's a horrible thing to say. Yeah, yeah. So 
I, it was when I graduated from high school and I went to college to become a legal assistant. I swear that it was the economics 101 that killed every creative idea in my brain. I was working, I met my husband and we had a family and I just, I stopped writing. Okay. I stopped writing. I used to create art as well. I just, at that time, it didn't fit into the lifestyle. I had a young family. I stopped, gosh, stopped for a little bit, but actually I did. Now that I think about it, I started writing again when I was about 25, 20, 28. And I wrote for about 10 years. And then I was just honestly getting tired. I remember being tired of the rejections I was getting. And I just, I stopped and I focused on other activities I was interested in. And I got to a point where I was even telling my friends when they'd ask me, oh, Joanna, are you going to get back to your writing? And I'd be like, no, I'm not. I don't, I can't see myself doing any more writing or creating any more art. And it's true. You never say never. And it was, gosh, about 20 years later, 20 years later, when my mom passed, that I dug out the book I had written in 1999. And I thought, okay, if there's something that I think is salvageable in this manuscript, I will rewrite it and I will self-publish it. And it's been a great ride. It's been a great journey. And I'm just received back from my editor the edits on book three. And this morning I had a critique session with my critique partner with regards to the first draft forge of book four. It's good to be back. Yeah. Nice. Great. Let's talk about your books a bit. The current book is Dealer's Child. Yes. So give us a little bit about what that book's about and the series overall. Don't give things away, but tell us a little bit about it. So it involves two sisters. There's one sister. It's written in the first person point of view from Jade's point of view. And she is a lawyer, defense lawyer, sometimes prosecutor. Okay, because in Canada, you can be both. It's, you can be an ad hoc prosecutor. You need to be a criminal lawyer, though. So you need to know criminal law, all right? So when she's not prosecuting, she is investigating um, criminal matters, usually murders. And in the first book, The Unraveling, it was she had defended her ex-husband on a murder charge and then later she finds them that finds out that he's been murdered okay so she's just also trying to clear her own name okay to prove and uncover his murder and the second book dealer's child the just the thought came to me of what if my heroine jade has grown up with this idea of what her idea you know she grew up with this kind of ideal background, family life, and what would happen if she was to find out that during the 60s, her mother was quite the rebel, and she finds out, uncovers some family secrets, some family lies, and that ties into the murder of her father, of her father. Okay, that was fun because I remember at the time, every scene in the mother's point of view in the 60s, I just, I wrote 
all the scenes in the 60s all at once because I want to make sure I stayed in that point of view with the mob. And it's listening to Jimi Hendrix. It's listening to some of those like stones, some great songs from that era, right? Yeah, she, Jade has to uncover some secrets about her past. And it's a bit of an, it's an emotional journey. And she's trying to uncover her father's murder as well. Okay. Wow. Yeah. She needs to move out of the small town, it sounds. Are there any books out there that you would say are similar to your books that so that people listening can say, oh, I like that. I'm going to go check out Joanna's books. Okay. Yeah. So when I started writing The Unraveling, like I said, it was during the late, I just about, oh my God, I just about said the late 1900s. <laughs> it was during. It <laughs> <laughs> does seem kind of like the Wild West there. <laughs> It was during 1999, okay? And at that time, John Grisham was coming out with his legal thrillers. And I just thought, and David Baldalci, like they were coming out with legal thrillers. And I thought, hey, you know, I work in a prosecutor's office. This is, this is what I know, okay? It may be Canadian law, but it's still law. People are still breaking the laws. I still have a lawyer. That's where I see the connection, okay? It's with David Baldacci, John Grisham, that sort of thing. And even my editor said to me when she sent back the edits, like in book three, she was saying, I like seeing Jade in the courtroom. She goes, so that's one thing I'm going to have as like my thumbprint with each book. There will be a few courtroom scenes and the puzzle and the fun for me is weaving in, let's say a clue she may pick up a case she's working on and seeing how it could it can connect to let's say whatever she she's investigating yeah okay yeah so, so kind of like perry mason or matlock yeah yeah that's right okay and these are self-published yes yes okay. they are do you have like a publishing house you go through or anything or is it all just you it's me i use i've just hired a book designer i didn't think of this at the time and I wish I had. I was, when I self-published The Unraveling, I was just thinking about, like I said, my mom had passed and I thought, okay, let's publish this book. And um, a month after I published it, I thought, okay, I got an idea for book two. And then I started writing book two. And then it's, okay, I'm in, I'm on this ride, I'm doing this. And so then with book three that I'm working on now with the edits, it's called Spy Girls, and that's it's a series, right? But they're individual stories. You don't have to read book one to pick up book three or book two, right? It's a series all... connected by location and character more so than our overarching plot. Yeah, yeah. So with book three coming out, I thought, okay, you got to brand these. They have to look like they're connected, but individual. So I have a book designer who's really good. And biggest lesson I learned is I kept telling her what I didn't want as a book cover. I said, I don't want the female running away. So we only see the back of her. I go, I've seen a lot of covers like that. But what she did is she found images were, that were females that are facing the reader and I loved them. So it, it was, I was contradictory because I told her what I didn't want, but so she flipped it and I thought, yeah, so I have all, and she went to the lengths 
where the woman on the cover of book one, she managed to get another image of a woman for the cover of book two, and she photoshopped the image of the woman's nose on book one. So it is the woman's nose on book two. Who does that detail? Wow, that's funny. <laughs> that's good. I love that. Yeah, yeah keeper. Yeah. <laughs> so are these available print or just digitally? Print, ebooks, they're available. I so they're available on Amazon. They're available through Kobo. I also have the ebooks listed through Draft Digital, which is a great resource for authors get a draft a digital report saying you've sold this book through Barnes and Noble right or all these book outlets which I never even knew existed so I think there's oh gosh there's some I can't even remember the plot like yeah they're out there right yeah. google yeah. books even yeah I use draft a digital and hoopla and stuff and I like yeah. a year and a half after I submitted a book it said oh you've been accepted to I forgot all about that. Yeah. And then suddenly I'm like getting these emails, like you sold this many books or rented, checked out books in Hoopla. And I'm like, really? That's, That's pretty awesome. I yeah. love that. Yeah. It, it, Hoopla's one. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's through your library. So I always tell people, support your libraries, check them out. Yeah. If more people go to the library, listen to an episode and say, wow, Joanna's book sounds great. I'll go ask for it at my library. That's just helping everybody. Helps yeah. us. Helps them, helps the library. Yeah. It's a win-win for everyone. I love yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. Hoopla, Bibliotech. Yeah, all of those. Scribed. I get quite a few unscribed, yes. actually. It's yes. weird. Yes. I never thought that would happen, but yeah. 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 <laughs> Joanna, what type of, you've got a couple books out. You've got more coming. What's the feedback you've been getting on the ones that are out? The best feedback I received was a reader Facebook messaged me and I enter contests and I'll get like Dealer's Child and the Unraveling were finalists in the Great Canadian Book Club Awards. And uh, so I've been another author who I interviewed has said, I've always been the bridesmaid, but never the bride. So sometimes I feel like that. Okay. But the best response I received was a reader messaged me on Facebook. And she was, she said, Joanna, I just can't put this, I can't put this book down. And she goes, I just can't. And she goes, way to go. This was with respect to Dealer's Child. And I went, thank you. And then I messaged her again. Can I use your comments as promotional material? Right. She goes, yeah, fine. Now leave me alone. I want to read. And I thought, oh. That's awesome. That's good yeah. feedback. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had a choice, if someone asked you, hey, we like your books, we want to make them into a movie or a TV show, which one would you pick? Either. I would just be happy with either. And I know uh, I just had this discussion with one of my sisters where a Canadian author, her book was sold for a prime miniseries. And readers, diehard readers were commenting how I only watched the first 10 minutes and it's not like the book. It's not going to be like the book. You're handing your rights over to a total different medium, TV or a movie, and they are going to take this book and adapt it to make a product that will be appealing 
on the TV, on the screen. So it's two different mediums. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And you mentioned all these services where you can get your book, Kobo is yes. one of them. So do you have a website that people can go to? Yes. Yes. So if you really want to support local, it is J for Joanna, C for Cat, V for Victor, Art Studio, dot net, N-E-T. And I have some of my podcasts listed there. And I have like a little shop where you can buy my books. Yeah. And in the price, I include the shipping. And uh, yeah, that's where you can get the books directly from me. And I would include an art card because I do motorcycle illustrations. So you'd get, I try to give more of a personal touch when someone buys directly through me. Okay. Back up. First of all, what's a motorcycle illustration? What's that mean? And does your main character ride a motorcycle or something? Oh, okay. You you did not mention that. That sounds really cool. Go ahead. Tell us a little bit more about that. Jeez, I need more coffee. (laughs) Less Christmas cookies and more coffee. But uh, yeah. So like I said, as a teenager, I created art. So I don't know if you can see it behind me. Okay. Yeah. One of my motorcycle illustrations. And what I use, they're called Copic Markers. Okay. Yep. I will get a photo of a motorcycle on my phone. I will make enlarge that photo and I will draw that motorcycle on a 11 and a half by 14 and a half piece of paper. And I use the markers, which are very vibrant color. There are approximately 300 and something markers. Yeah. I have, a, I have 160 and, uh, it is, it is just so much fun. And my, when I was doing the rewrites for the unraveling and I was thinking about my characters, I remember I just, I looked up and I saw one of my illustrations and I thought, why don't they ride bikes? Because there's a whole group, mass, like just big group of women all walks of life who enjoy riding bikes. And uh, I thought, yeah, that's what the, my characters, Jade and Sage, they ride their, mo- their motorcycles when they go around the town. And I'm trying to take a little bit from James Bond. He may have a different car every, right. every movie, every book. I think Jade is working on her fourth bike right now, right? It's a Honda. Yeah, so, a- so you got to have a murder at a poker rally or something sometime. Right? Yeah. Ah, There you go. I'd do that one. I'd love to see that one. Yeah. Because I've (laughs) illustrated Harleys, that's for sure. (laughs) Right? That would be awesome. But you're on an island, so you just like go in circles. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. A couple other questions. Find out some more info about you. What are some of your favorite books and authors? Oh, gosh. I always liked John Grisham. Because I like the the legal working in a legal field, I like the legal background. I like thrillers, so I'd say John Grisham, Dan Brown. Again, it's just take me on that adventure. And the, I remember being glued to reading the Da Vinci Code because it was to actually see real images of the statues, the buildings he wrote about was really cool. And I love it when an author writes a book 
where you wonder, is this real or is this fiction? And Dan Brown did that with Da Vinci Code. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those two are my main favorite. Gosh, I can't think of any. Oh, oh God, the name came and it went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Typically authors have lists longer than they can ever remember of books and authors that they love. So yeah. <laughs> we, you got a couple good ones. So anyone that likes those yeah. probably shares interests with you. So you should check yeah. out some of your stuff. Tara Moss and Sandra Brown. Those are the other. T- yes. <laughs> Good. Now you can shovel without racking your brain. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a favorite local bookstore you like to go to? See, I used to live in Victoria, which is an actual city. You can you, it's taken me a little while to adjust to the small town, but I've adjusted. So Victoria, you can take a, the Coho Ferry from Seattle, you know, and uh, we've been to Port Townsend. Victoria has Monroe's bookstore which was started by, she was a famous Canadian author. I don't know how much, let's say, the American audience knows of her. It was Alice Munro. Okay. Okay. It is a beautiful bookstore. It's in one of those like old, like 1800s type building with the beautiful moldings and the curved doorways. Okay. That is a favorite bookstore. We also had in Victoria, Bolin Books. And again, it's like the stained glass window, the stained glass lamps, and it is big. Like you you go in there and you smell books. Okay. (laughs) That's a good spot, right? Luckily, Victoria is only about an hour and 15 minute drive where I live now. So when I need my fix for the city, I just head down. (laughs) Yeah. Good. All right. So before we move on and talk author stuff, um, if you were just walking around town, somebody came up and said, hey, I heard you wrote some books. Why should I get your books and read them? What would you tell them? My books are a thrill ride. That's exactly what my books are. I write to thrill myself, okay, and to surprise myself. And that's exactly like literally this morning with my critique, I just working on book four, I had said to my critique partner, I go, I never thought. I would write this type of an action adventure novel. And so when I initially write, I write to thrill me, to scare me, to also make myself laugh. Like I want to laugh. I want to giggle when I read as well. And then I have to think about once that first draft is done, then the polishing comes in, thinking about the reader. So the reader gets the same experience. I love action scenes. And those are hard to write. You give a lot, I give a lot of time to those action scenes. So they're not clunky. So the reader is just oh. like, when my editor says to me, geez, Joanna, I had to stop and start to reread from the beginning because she pulled me in and I stopped editing. I was just like, okay. She's like, she got into it. And I thought, yes. Yeah. Nice. That, Okay, great. Joanna, I appreciate you sharing the book and talking to us about it today. Thank you. Hi, if you enjoyed this episode of Discovered Wordsmiths, please support the author. Go to their website, go to Amazon, look them up, get the book. And if you click on the link that I have in the show notes, you'll also help support the podcast so I can keep the hosting and all the software I use and uh, keep it running for to help more authors. 
when I am recording this, we've got over 100 episodes, lots of authors. Go to the website, discoveredwordsmiths.com. Check it out. There's a lot of great authors, probably in some genre that you love. See what they have. Check out their books. That's what the point of the podcast is for. So people can discover new authors, find some new books they love, support the authors so they can continue writing. So please support them. And if you do like the podcast, if you've been thinking of podcasting or you're a writer, I've got some links also at the website. Click on those if you're interested in any of the software or services that I talk about. Everything that I have there is something I use. So I've got an affiliate link. Again, it's a little bit, if everyone clicked on those, if they were going to get it anyway, it helps keep the podcast going. So let's all help each other out, discover more authors to read. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you. 